Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 45 of It's Not the Worst Movie Ever podcast. I'm your host, Sterling Hammer, and here's my co-host, Lee Paddock, bringing you this podcast on May 28th, 2021. As always, spoiler alert, now let's just jump into this podcast. Um, this week, as we announced last week, we, uh, we watched uh, Time to Kill, but also before that, we want to address why this podcast is so late. Um, well, we're going to do a new uh, release time now because of our change, ever-changing work schedules in real life. You know how it is. Uh, we'll be uploading the podcast now on Friday mornings. So uh, look out for that. That'll be the new upload date. Um, we hope it can stay that for a while, um, but we'll see what happens, and we just hope mm-hmm. you keep enjoying the podcast. It will still be a weekly podcast no matter what, though. Yes. But yes. So let's get back into this podcast. Uh, yeah, we watched the movie uh, Time to Kill. So way more serious of a note for me uh, mm-hmm. in turn in movies. Like my movies have all been Bubblegum, Bibbidi <laughs> Bobbidi's, Amanda Bynes, Channing Tatum's. Um, I mean, we'll get back to that. I <laughs> promise you. There's still plenty of that. I mean, we still got a great classic one day in the future. We bought a zoo. Um, looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, this week we went a little, a little more serious because I wanted to finally like show Lee what I would think is Lee would actually regard as a well acted, well made (laughs) movie. Like, like uh, something critics actually liked also like critics like some of my movies, but mm, most part, most part, no, (laughs) but so let's get in a little what this movie is. Let me give you a little of a summary. I'm not going to do the whole plot summary for this movie because it's a little bit more of a serious movie. I don't want to read it like and make like I'm making fun of it because it's a little more serious of a note. But it's based off a John Grissom book. Uh, Grisham. Grisham. Uh, he's a popular, if you know books uh, or work in a bookstore or, or like mysteries, you know him. He writes tons of stuff. He also writes a lot of like like legal thrillers, kind of like this, like yes. courtroom dramas and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what this is. Uh, and this, uh, and a lot of his movies, uh, a lot of his books have been uh, made into movies. Uh, and yes. this was a little interesting fact. This was his first book he ever wrote, but this was his fourth movie adaptation of his, one of his books. Yes. Um, but this one, it's basically, it's, it's, the movie is pretty much the same as the book, but they do take, take some changes, but very small changes. Um, a little bit, but basically just, I feel like the cha- most of the changes are just making Matthew McConaughey's character a little bit more likable. Yeah, I f- figured that. Um, cause he's a little harsher in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, did you read the book? No, but I read some, uh, when I was researching into this, I was reading like some of the comparisons and stuff. Okay. Um, now actually thinking about it, I might actually read this book because I never even thought about that because... To be honest, I didn't know this movie was even based off a book hmm. until doing this research. I, wow. I, which is stupid because I've watched this movie so many times, and John Grissom's name pops up in the beginning. It's like based right. off a of John Grissom novel. Yeah. I just never put the, I never put that two and two together while working at a bookstore. Oh, oh no, I revealed my past. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, present. <laughs> all right, so... But just connect, t- talking about those two and connecting these two, I just wanted to basically say, like, the plot summaries of these, the movie and the books are a little different. I'm going to be doing the movie one. 
Well, um, that's what we watched. Yes, of course. That'd be funny. We just listened to the audiobook <laughs> just <Yeah. laughs> for fourteen hours be straight. A, <laughs> be a different podcast. That'd be weird. That, that, that'd, be, that'd be that'd be we have no job because we have to sit around for fourteen yeah, hours a day. Like, let's do a, uh-huh. a podcast or a audiobook. <laughs> All right, but let's get into this little plot summary real quick. I'm gonna do it a little more serious, but I have decided to do it because it helps keep me focused on the summary because there's a lot that happens in this movie it's a long movie it's two and a half hours long Mm -hmm. and but it doesn't feel long at least it doesn't feel long to me but we'll get into what lee's opinion um there's probably some errors we can edit but any movie can be edited down a little bit but whatever yes in Canton, Mississippi, a fearless young lawyer and his assistant defend a black man accused of murdering two white men who raped his 10-year-old daughter, inciting violent retribution and revenge from the Ku Klux Klan. Um, that's a real base summary of this fucking movie. Yeah. But we'll get way more into depth in this movie. As you can tell, I'm a little more passionate about this movie. I'm actually excited to show Lee this. I was excited to show Lee this movie. I'm always excited to show Lee a movie, <laughs> but I was real excited about this one. In particular, because I wanted to get Lee's opinion on it. Um, but let's get a little background of this movie first. Uh, this movie was directed by Joel uh, Schumacher. Schumacher. Thank you, Lee. Knew I was not going to be able to say that. Uh, he hasn't worked as a director since 2013. He passed away recently. Oh, passed geez. away last week. Uh, not last week, last year. Oh, okay. But he, so he must have been sick or something because he hasn't really directed since 2013. And he hadn't yeah. done really anything since like 2015. Like writing or producing, yeah, he or uh, he had a very interesting career. Yeah, uh, the last things, the last two things he directed were two episodes of House of Cards, which kind of play into this. Mm. Um, it was kind of a renewal, re- reunion for him and uh, Kevin oh, Spacey. Oh yeah. Um, but the movies that he might be known for are the Phantom Opera, two thousand four, Phantom of the Opera, and yeah. Batman and Robin. Which Ugh. I yes, that's a classic movie to hate. Everyone hates it, <laughs> but it's a childhood movie for me. I like it. I like the super cheesiness of it. It's corny. I got the back card. I never leave the cave without it. It's fucking I mean, amazing. It's funny, but it's not like it's not a what good killed movie. the dinosaurs, the Ice Age. Ah! Yeah, that that's funny, but it's funny <laughs> because it's bad. It's amazing. It's horrible. Remake it, but shot for shot with the same actors. Oh my god! But he did direct. One movie that I really, really like that I don't know if you've seen. I could always show it to you one day. It's called Falling Down with uh, Michael Douglas. Uh, it's a movie about, real quick, it's a movie about a guy. Uh, he He's like an accountant or something, and he gets stuck in traffic one day, and it's like a brutal heat wave, and he just goes fucking insane. Because he's just uh, tired I've of seen like that, like clips of it, but no, I've never yeah, seen that movie. Yeah, he's just tired of dealing with uh, society's bullshit, and he like kind of goes on a rampage a little bit. It's a really good movie. Okay, well that sounds like it's gonna mess me up, but all right, it's not that. Uh, this movie was produced by R. Aaron Mitch Milchan, uh, John Grissom, Grissom, of course, because he's he was the author. Did he write? Did he co-write the screenplay, or is it just? Does he get just credit because it's based off of his book? Yeah, well, he, uh, this he helped produce the movie, so he's probably on set helping it. This oh, is okay. produ- who produced it. Uh, produced it, Michael Nanson, Nathan, 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 uh, Hunt, Laurie. I'm terrible with names, everybody. Just get over it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this was written by uh, John Grissom. Wrote the book. 
But the person who adapted the book into a screenplay was Akiva, oh, Akiva, Akiva Goldsman. Goldsman. Yeah, how do you know that? Well, I remember from watching the movie, Damn. and I know who Akiva Goldsman is. Super memory. Because guess what? Yes. He also he wrote also, Batman and say, Robin. I was about to say, he also wrote Batman and Robin, Cinderella Man, and A Beautiful Mind. Yeah, he's an so he's Oscar-winning screenwriter. Yeah, he's huge. He's and also, even his career survived Batman and Robin. It's pretty amazing. Which is fun. I mean, because I, it's a good movie. He's written some interesting things. He really has. He's also he had written a, some crap. Not everything you're going to do is going to be amazing, but I wouldn't. Well, Batman and Robin's definitely on the good side, but whatever. Uh, sure. Uh, let's just show that out. Let's get right into the cast. <laughs> this movie is star-studded, mm-hmm. but like, it doesn't, I don't know if it's because like they're all, a lot of these actors, it's star-studded in the time, and it's like they were still in their early career, so like now if it's, it's like- It's star-studded to us now because a lot of these yes. people are famous- so if we saw all these later. actors in the movie now, we'd be like, oh, they're just trying hard. Right, at the hard. present time. At yeah, the... present day, we would be like, oh, they're just trying hard. Putting Matthew McConaughey, Sandra Bullock, all these, Samuel Jack, they're just, all this, they're, they're just going for a uh, um, And we wouldn't know who power. any of the other people were yeah. who, would be, who would become famous later. Yeah, but when you watch this movie, if you take it in the time of its context and the time it came out, yes, Matthew McConaughey was a big actor in Sandra Bullock, but Sandra Bullock was the big this was, I feel of this like this movie. was one of... Matthew McConaughey's like first real leading roles. Yes, it was, and it's one of his first real serious, serious movies. Yes, and the the real star power of this movie was the first uh, actress I'll introduce was Sandra Bullock. Uh, she was the most famous, other than Samuel Jackson. Was she really? Yeah, she was coming off like a strong str- uh, string of movies, and like she was like Hollywood's poster girl at this moment. I mean, she gets like in the speed and all those. Oh right, yeah, I forgot. She was into it. They, she was in it, but she plays the character Ellen Roark, um, a daughter Roark. of a famous like Boston lawyer. Uh, then you got Matthew McConaughey as Jake Brigance. Brigance. Uh, he's just a small town like Southern lawyer who's like he's a Southern liberal. Mm-hmm. Um, so Southern he's just, liberal Democrat. Yeah, so he's a he's a fighter because you got to be a Southern liberal Democrat in Mississippi. Uh, yeah. Then you got Samuel Jackson L. as uh, Samuel L. Jackson. I don't know why I put it like that. <laughs> as Carl Lee Haley, uh, the father in this movie, uh, one of the best roles in this movie. I loved him. Um, Kevin Spacey. Ooh, God, controversial. Ooh, but, man. you know, we didn't know back then, and I didn't know when I first watched this movie. Uh, Rufus <laughs> Buckley. But he plays a piece of shit in the movie, so you're like, whatever. He's a piece of shit in real life, and he's playing a piece of shit, so it works. Yep. Um, he's he's the prosecuting lawyer against Samuel Jackson's character for the murder of those two white boys. Uh, yeah, and he, he was like super ambitious. Yeah, he's using this case to propel him um, to, to uh, governor. governorship. Yeah, um, because he's like, I seek justice no matter color, and it's like, or what like what happened before? It's like, mm, well, you're shitty. Um, yes. That's why. Uh, spoiler: uh, you fucking lose, bitch. Um, <laughs> Uh, he, lo- he also lost in this movie. What? He also lost in this movie. <laughs> got him. Ding! Bing bong. Message. Uh, Oliver Platt, Lee's favorite character in the world. Uh, favorite actor. actor. from the 90s. This is the Harry second Rex movie that of yours that he's been in, in yeah. a row. Because I like uh, 90s movies, and he's in a lot of <laughs> 90s movies. He was, yeah. Especially a lot of 90s movies like this. He's a lot of supporting roles. 
Mm-hmm. But I like his character. He's always the the kind of chunky best friend. Yeah, character. in this movie, he's like uh, Matthew McConaughey character. Matthew McConaughey's character's best friend, mm-hmm. but he's like a. Sl- but he's also a lawyer. But he's a slime baller. He's, he's a, a little bit sleazier. Lawyer. He's a divorce lawyer. Yeah, he went in it for the money. Yeah. Um, but he admires what Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, and does. in the end, he helps Matthew McConaughey on the case, like because he's like, I guess you're right. Um. Charles S. Dutton as Sheriff Ozzy oh, Walls. Yes. Great Charles S. Dutton. He's a fine actor. I've always liked him. Nice. You got Brenda Ficker, F- Ficker as Ethel Tweedy. Uh, that's the secretary of Matthew McConaughey's character. She, like, I feel like I've seen her in so many She's things. She's been in stuff. She always plays like a someone grandma. with an Irish accent. Yeah, she. I think she's probably Irish. She's always like a grandma or an aunt or that mean lady. Yeah, the mean old lady on the street. I feel like she was the bird lady in uh, Home Alone Two. I don't do you know. That? She might have been, but I do remember that obviously. But I, I, I don't want. Now that you say it, though, it's like I'm thinking. Yeah, I think that brain. was her. But it could have been a woman that looked like her. Cause maybe. But I think it was. But her. maybe, yeah. I, oh God! Now that you're saying, it, I'm pretty sure you're right. Um, and then this that character, like, uh, I got conflicted because like, I like her, but like, I don't like when she when when she her character. Yeah, her character. It's sad. Like, so by taking on the case, the Ku Klux Klux Ku Klux Klan starts harassing uh, Matthew McConaughey's character. And one of the way they harass him is they go after his secretary and they attack her husband and beat the shit out of him and like hold her and like threaten her and they're like this is all because he's helping that black that n word all that mm-hmm. horrible stuff. Um, uh, the husband dies. So yeah, the husband ends up dying and the woman ends up like going back to like his hometown to bury him and kind of let it live out the rest of her days probably with family. Yeah. Um. And she tells him... And to escape the violence. And yeah, she tells Matthew McConaughey, like, look, it's good what you're doing and all, but you're putting everybody at risk. But it's also like, well, sometimes you have to do that for the right thing and to make change. Some people have to be sacrificed for change. And I mean, it's it was super sad that her husband was beaten and had, ended up having a fourth stroke and dying and all that stuff. But he was 78. Or 75 or something. We were talking about the rape and the destruction of a 10-year-old girl's life. And and yes. the obvious uh, insanity that the father probably went through. You could see it in his eyes before he murders those two boys. Yeah. Not murders. Guns them down like the dogs they are. Mm-hmm. Like It's a great scene where he's just sitting there and he just runs out and he's like, ah, and he doesn't stop. He doesn't stop shooting until they hit the ground. And even when they're on the ground, he just empties the clip. <laughs> yeah, yep. Just he makes sure they're dead. And he says... That's the only thing that, like, the sight of them dying is the only thing that makes it makes him um, makes him able to get it, make it through the day, nice. and make it through yeah. the news of like when his daughter is told when he's told that his daughter's ovaries are destroyed, her inside her uterus was destroyed. And she can't have babies. Rape. Yeah, and like he's and that's when you when he says that great quote is like the only thing that gets me through the day. Is this the memory and the of the sight of those boys squirming and dying and in pain as they fucking got? <laughs> yep, <laughs> they were scum of the earth. Um, sure, great were. acting. <laughs> uh, you got Dother, uh, here we go. You got Donald Sutherland as Freddie Lee Cobb. 
Uh, you got Patrick McGoonahan as Judge Omar Noose. We're getting into the racist characters now. Well, Donald Sutherland wasn't really that racist. No. Sorry. He was the the guy who was in charge of the firm that Matthew McConaughey works at, right? Oh, the, yes, yes, yes. Uh, who had he, well, he had given it to him. Yeah. Or sold it to him for cheap or whatever. Okay, yeah. So no, no, he was a he was another Southern. Liberal he was Democrat. like uh, in his day, in his early days, he was kind of like Matthew McConaughey. Yes, but then he made the uh, he went too far and he punched a cop at a protest. Yeah, um, and he got disbarred he got for disbarred. it, and he, and he he became a drunk and it just ruined him. Yes. Um, then you got Ashley, but then yeah, Patrick McGunahan as Judge Omar News. He was a racist piece of shit, and he was just basically was. wording working with the prosecution. Yes, basically, uh, essentially. Because he's like, because the prosecutor goes like, "Hey, I'm gonna be governor soon," mm-hmm. and you know that could be good for you or it could be bad for you. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. Uh, and then you got Ashley Judd as Carla Brigantz. She's uh, the the wife. McConaughey's wife. She's not in the movie a lot. No, because uh, she immediately get, has to leave town with the daughter because of the like they they almost bomb his house. They they, they burn his it. house down. They burn his house. They try to do it once. They fail, and then they do it again. Oh, uh, the scene where they plant the bomb is one of the best scenes. <laughs> that scene because great. the um, there's a in, there's a so the Ku Klux Klan gets resurrected in the town. We should tell you. I should tell you, um, because of the murder of those two white boys. One of the brothers of the one of the white guys, uh, um, uh, gets in contact with the Ku Klux Klans and creates his own like local chapter. Yes. and gets the backing of them, and they're and then that local the Mississippi uh, Grand Dragons like we're gonna use this as a way to start a riot like a, 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 a race war like mm-hmm. he's he's gonna like this is a great way to flare something up because the 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 the, the black people are mad in town, a lot of the white people are mad because it's like vigilante you got white people who are mad because of vigilante justice and you got white people mad who are like just racist piece of shit white people and the vigilante white people are a little racist too <laughs> they have they to be honest super racist um the anti-vigilante because it's like eh, it's oh, not really anti-vig- vigilante justice it was i'm insane because they broke my daughter and they're gonna get off hmm. because you learn like a county over four white boys gang raped a 10 year old another 10 year old black girl and they got off on it yeah they right. didn't get in any trouble at all like mm-hmm. what? Huh? Who? Boys will be boys. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. Where was I going with that? You're talking about the. Oh yeah. So they're um the the bo- so they're doing all this hara- uh the, so it gets resurrected and then they start doing basically terrorism in the town. Mm-hmm. Um. And one of them, uh, but they have a rat, a mole in their organization because one of the guys who has this Mickey Mouse tattoo, his nickname became Mickey Mouse mm-hmm. because he keeps feeding the information to like just, he'll call people and warn them like this time. He warns them like, hey, they're going to bomb him because he's like friends with the brother and then all of a sudden the brother comes and is like, hey, everybody, we're joining the KKK and he's just kind of like, wait, what? Yeah, like, <laughs> like, I, I don't want to do that. But then it's like, you can't because it's like peer pressure, like then you'll just be ostracized in your own town and maybe they'll kill you or something. Yeah. But he can't stomach any of the things they do. So he keeps like ratting them out or telling the right people. So he tells the cops that they're going to blow up the house. Um, So when the guy comes to plant the bomb, the cop comes out, grabs him and Matthew McConaughey character runs out and he goes, grab him Ozzy. And fucking (laughs) just boom. Yeah. Boom. Beats the shit out of him. Beats the shit out of him. Fucking elbows him in the face. 
fucking dramatic scene of him taking the dynamite out and throwing it in the air and it exploding. <laughs> yeah. oh. and he's like, my wife loves this house. I mean, it burns down like a scene later, but uh, which is also a dramatic scene. Uh, they do that after uh, he does. He like went, he gets a real good up on the trial. Like mm-hmm. he start he's starting to turn the trial. So in in protest uh, in anger they uh, they, they start burn his burn, house they down. burn his house down, which he think his dog dies. Yeah, that's real pretty sad. Crazy, not crazy, but sad. Yeah, and it's an intense scene when you get Oliver Platt's character coming in and going like, "Hey, man, I bought you a ticket. You got to get out of here. Like this is insane. Like you're gonna die." And Matthew McConaughey is like, "No." Not now. <laughs> Not after everything I've been through and everything that's been lost and let them just win. No. Like he's like, that's impossible. I can't do it. And and then and he's just and he's like keeps calling for his dog and then all the Plies character goes, Your dog's dead. dead. Your dog's dead. And you will be too. And then and then that's when Matthew Bionic character character goes in his little spiel like Come on, Max. Come on. <laughs> Come on. And then you hear roo, 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 and then the dog comes and it's like a bright shining gleam of hope like <laughs> We lost the house, but we have the like the living thing, the caring. Like, there's hope. We can win this. Um, mm-hmm. You got Tonya Stewart as Gwen Haley, the little daughter of uh, uh, Carly Lee. I think it's probably Tanya. Tanya, my bad. Tanya Stewart, uh, the girl that gets raped. It's a horrible graphic. Like, it's you know you see stuff, but you don't see too much. Obviously, thank God. Um, but it's just it's horrific because so they see so she's her character's out grocery shopping for her family. Um, probably like one of the first times she's doing it, you know, helping out the family, all that good shit. She's only 10. Um, and then you got these the two white guys. They're driving around town. They're drunk. They're just throwing bottles of black people. They're just being classic, terrible, racist people, probably based off real people that happen all the time. I mean, you hear stories even nowadays of like good old boys harassing people, gays, blacks. Asians. Yeah. Um, it's bad. Uh, so then they they go to the same little supermarket, a uh, little like corner store that that she had just left to get her groceries. So like they keep flashing back to these characters, and you're like, oh no, something's gonna happen, something bad. And you obviously know that something's bad's gonna happen. Um, and then so they're but they're buying more beer, and then like she's walking down this road. And they're driving up, and the one, the main dude who kind of antagonizes the rape, the other guy is just like there for the ride. He wouldn't have done it if the other guy, but still, that's no excuse. Fuck him. You gun him down. He took part in it. Yeah, of course. But this guy initiated. He grabs one of the beer bottles, and he's like, "Watch this!" And, no, there's a beer can. cans and chucks, chucks it at, at her, her head. as they're driving driving by, and boom, just knocks her the fuck out, or incapacitates her. They grab her. It starts cutting to like. Scenes where they're tying her down with this rope and she's pulling it. You see blood and, on her wrist. And, and you hear pulling. her screaming, Daddy, Daddy. Daddy, help me, help me. And like they're getting on top of her and they're like, shut up, I'll kill you. And then like they're getting off and it's my turn. And, it's just, and then they Awful. fucking lynch her. They try to lynch her. The, uh, and you see all this blood on her legs. Oh, it's just a horrific scene. And she's screaming horrible. the whole time. And they're laughing and they're just... And then they 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 tie her up. They throw in beer, full beer bottles at her, to, like just torturing her basically. They try to lynch her. The the branch breaks, so they take her to a, a bridge and throw her body off, thinking she'll die from the fall. She doesn't die from the fall. She's found horrible eyes. She's sodomized, beaten. Her uterus is destroyed. Her left eyes all fucked up. It's a horrible thing. Um, and that's like the introduction to her character. 
So you're just like, Jesus Christ, this movie. And that's the big, that's the first 15 minutes of the movie. So you're like, this movie is going to be intense. Yes. Um, because then you start getting the reveal, like of all the to the, all the characters of the rape, and every character's like different reactions to it. Samuel Jackson's character when he he get he's at work and he gets news. It's an intense scene when he runs home and like she's like on the couch and he grabs her, and she's just like, "I'm sorry, I dropped the groceries," and he's just like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because she's just broken. She's just she her little mind has surrendered and retreated into a corner. And all she can think about is the groceries. She has no idea what happened in this moment. Exactly. Because it's, it's the human brain protecting you. It's awful. Um, this movie makes me emotional. I love this movie. There's plenty of times in this movie where I'm just like, okay, don't cry. <laughs> don't cry. Um, especially those scenes. You got Ray Von Lamore Kelly as Tonya, Tanya Haley said that horribly. Um, that's the wife oh, okay. of uh, uh, Carly Haley, Samuel Jackson's Carly. character. I just said that probably so horrible. It's probably way Southern. It seems like French a little bit, so maybe like Louisiana. I have no idea. Um, you got Let's just blow past that embarrassment. You got John D. Hall as Tim Dun- Nunley. Nunley? Who's, who's that? I'm blanking. There's so many characters in this movie. Yeah. Is he one of the cops? He might have been. He might have been like... The bald guy? Who was just kind of in the background? <laughs> I, who I thought was going to be like a racist, but no, he was He was, he was cool. on the side of the other guy. He was, he was cool. on the side of justice. This, I think, this might be the racist cop. Chris Cooper as deputy No, Sheriff. no, 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 no. That's the guy who... Oh, he gets shot, my bad. He yeah. gets shot in the knee by Sam Jackson. On accident. On accident. And it blows his knee apart. And he loses has, his leg. loses his leg. But it's an intense scene. So this character, like we just said, he was one of the cops escorting the... Samuel Jackson's character ambushes the two white guys when they're getting escorted to their first hearing. Yes. Um... And he he tries to only aim for them, but a stray bullet ricochets and just it's, blows that guy's yeah. the cop's knee off. Um, and none of the cops shoot because the, it's the sheriff, and he knows Samuel Jackson's character, so he's like, oh yeah, they grew up together. Uh, so you can't shoot him, um, and it's not not nowadays where they would have just filled him with fifteen thousand bullets and it would have been done, um, and no justice would have been served. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this, yeah. So then the prosecution is like, we're going to use him as our uh, one of our witnesses because obviously he's going to be on our side, right? And like shortly before uh, that, Samuel Jackson's character gets the sheriff to let him go see him, and like his son's all pissed, like, "What are you doing here? It's not right." And the parent, wife's just like, "Oh, I don't have any words." Um, hmm. And so he goes in there and he just he apologizes to him because they grew up together. Uh, yeah, and he and and he's a good. The cop is a good guy. He's just he's not. He's probably racist because they're all racist. But he's, but he's not racist into the point where he's gonna kill him. He's he, not hateful. He's, yeah, he's not hateful. He's just probably typical he's southern racism. Yeah, it's general. Just, it's not justifiable. We're not justifying it, but it's just it's what to be in this movie. It's nineties. Unfortunately, it's, that's their culture. Yeah, and it's based in the nineties. But he's not like I'm gonna like condone the rape like. He definitely doesn't. You find out later. He, he most definitely doesn't condone the rape of the black girl. No. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> he's definitely not a KKK member. Well, when or he gets uh, questioned by Matthew McConaughey, yeah, he reveals that yeah, he would have done the same thing. And the bad, uh, 
but and it's a flip because you think right before that he revealed that like Samuel Jackson he reveals this scene where Samuel Jackson goes and apologizes to him and admits to him like I knew what I was doing. Like yes. I like no matter what said in court I knew what I was doing. I I wanted those boys dead. And it, it, like you were just an unfortunate ca- ca- like, uh, casualty. Um So yeah, then the prosecution uses it. He reveals that on the stand. It's just like, oh, really? Like Kevin Spacey's character is the one who reveals it. He's like, mm-hmm, I win. And then, so then, mm-hmm. so Matthew McConaughey character is like, I'm not going to question him. This is just stupid. I'm just going to get beaten because the guy obviously hates us and I hate you. Um, but then, uh, so when he says no questions, Samuel Jackson's character is like, what? It's kind of, <laughs> it's, it's a little funny because his face is like, what? Like, what do you do? What'd you say, motherfucker? Like, he's like, wait a second on it. Like, Ask him something. <laughs> like, and he's just like, ask him if he'd do it or if I should go to jail. And he's just like, no. He's like, he's like no, it's the prosecution's witness. He's going to he's gonna say yes. And he's like, go ask him. You're my <laughs> lawyer. Aren't you? Do it. And he's like, okay. So he goes on up and he asks him, like, do, uh, do you think Carla Lee should go to jail? And he says, no, I don't. I think he's an honorable man. And, he, and then he's like, so then you see Matthew McConaughey's face go like, oh, shit. His lawyer starts tingling. His signals start tingling. And the prosecution guy, <laughs> Kevin Spacey character, he goes like, objection, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Disregard that. But the but then Matthew McConaughey character goes like, hey, I think he earned the day in court to talk. He lost his leg in this. Let him talk. And so then he asked the big question. Would, what? Uh, do you think what Samuel Jackson did was right? And that's when he's like, I do. He's like, I have a little. It's one of my quotes. I'll give it to you right here. One second, everybody. Oh, I got a little girl. Somebody rapes her. He's a dead dog. I'll blow him away just like Carl Lee. And he's like, he deserves to be free. He's a hero. <laughs> hero. And, like, and there's this, this crate in the cart. Riles yeah. and explodes into fucking action. And the judge is like, I've lost control of this car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good a, scene. It's a really good scene. And and Matthew McConaughey character is like, mm-hmm. Samuel Jackson's like, you, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really great scene. I mainly have discussed this outside of the podcast. The chemistry between Samuel Jackson and Matthew Connery character is amazing in this yeah, movie. Yeah, they work really well together. They really did. And it was, I mean, obviously you got, like, Samuel Jackson. So, like, Matthew McConaughey is a great partner to work off of. But they really fit their roles. They do. Like, I, and It's a very well-cast movie. It is. It, it, I, I enjoy this movie. You can probably hear it in my voice. It's weird to kind of gush about a movie like this, but I just... I saw this. It's one of those weird movies that gets implanted in you when you're young. Because <laughs> I watched this randomly on TNT when I was like 14, 15, something young. And I just, I've watched it 10,000 times since. And I like it every single time I watch it. It's two and a half hours long. And I don't care. I like it from the beginning to the end. It's a, um, it's a good solid movie. Well, I movie. obviously don't like the beginning being, but like, it's yeah. a great, like, when I was 16 or, 15, or however young I was when I first watched this movie, and that was the way it started, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. I was bawling. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> How could they do that? It was just so jarring. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, Especially. The rope is just so intense. Rope made it more intense, I feel like, than changing it. Because Rope's cutting into your flesh, and you see her, like, pulling as hard as she can. Or, it's just, oh, please. Like, this is stop. how the movie opens. <laughs> I know. And 
So when he guns those guys down, it feels good. It is pretty satisfying. And it's a good way to play the emotions because then it's like also like because it is a conundrum. Like one of the characters uh, says it in the movie. Like he's like, if uh, Carly gets off, justice is served. But if he gets prosecuted, justice is served because he murdered those two guys and it's vigilante justice and it's not supposed to be allowed. But if he was technically insane, which I even though kind of like he admits he wasn't, I think he was. I think if you see that happen to your daughter and then you know, you know they're going to get off on it. They're not and then they're just going to do it again. You're going to your daughter's going to live the rest of her life in that town seeing them drive around, they're going to harass her. They might rape her again just for the fuck of it. Yeah, it's just So he's just like, "No. No, 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 no. I'm not going to let that fucking happen. This is Mississippi. I'm going to go get an M16 for a nickel." Yep. And I'm going to blow these motherfuckers. The, the funny thing is, the gun debate is never brought up in this movie. Well, this no one is gives a 1996. F- in Mississippi. No one gave a fuck that he gunned them down with a gun. Where did he get the gun? <laughs> Where did he get it? Just did he always it for a have nickel? it? Probably. But that's, well, he's allowed to have the gun, but he like, shouldn't have shot those How do you just boys. get an. He, he fucking had an M16. I know. <laughs> it's like, where did you get that? Walmart. <laughs> probably oh my god back then you could probably in Mississippi well yeah you could buy shit. assault rifles back it then it was not hard at all probably I don't know yeah it's just, it was funny I mean, it's not funny but it was it's kind of crazy it was um, you got Nikki Kate as Billy Ray Cobb now this is the race one of the racist guys no it might be Nikki Cat Nikki Cat is it is it just K-A-T-T yeah yeah, it's Cat. As Billy Ray Cobb, another racist. Is he the one with the mullet? Yeah. Okay, the other guy I recognized from, well, you can say his name if you want. Is it Doug Hutchinson? Yes, As James that guy. Lewis Pete Willard? Yeah, that guy I recognized from uh, the Green Mile. He's the guard. Oh, yes, you're right. He's you're the right. guard who uh, was kind of crazy and the weird, and he's a yeah, he's abusing people. the prisoners, and then he gets uh, whatever ha- Black whatever happens disease, to him. Like locust shot into his mouth, and, and he, then goes he goes insane. insane. As they Before he, sh- uh, after he shoots the the real person who killed those little girls, which is makes it so they can't save uh, the 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 black guy in that movie. Yeah, because they're like, oh, that guy was going to confess. They were like, oh, we got the guy. We can we can get him to confess, and we'll get him out. Oh. So then they beat the shit out <laughs> and they throw him in like a hole while he's going. That's why he goes insane. He's uh, you got Kurtwood Smith as Stump Sisson. Good old Kurtwood Smith who played uh, a villain in a movie that I chose, RoboCop. He was Clarence Boddicker. Oh, yep, yep, yep. He gets a fucked up death in but this yeah, movie. But, yeah, he dies a pretty good Fucking death in this movie. When, uh, so, like, when the trial first starts out, you have all these protesters outside the courthouse saying, like, free Carl Lee, a bunch of black and, like, white liberal uh, Democrats um, protesting. And then you get the KKK that comes down in, like, a pretty sizable group because um, usually they're so outnumbered they can't real be a threat. But now they have a pretty sizable group, and they got, like, shields and all this shit. And, like, a fight breaks out, and some of the black teenagers had gotten on the roof and had a Motoff and threw it on the Grand Wizard because he's, he's, he's a big red one. They're like, oh, hit the red one. Yeah. <laughs> so they hit the red one, and they hit him with the Motoff, and he's just like, ah! 
Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, good. He Let him burn. He's to death. Yeah, he like they put him out for a second and then he dies like immediately after. Like, good. Let him burn. It's like the scene in Save a Private Ryan. Let him burn. <laughs> Don't put him out of their misery. Although those might have been. Never mind. Yeah, the funny thing is they were probably just like POWs. Like that. that or, sorry to get off topic, but that one scene where uh, those two guys are like, we surrender. They, you know, and they shoot him and they commit a war crime, basically. Yeah. Um, that happened a lot. The they revealed that those two guys were just like Polish prisoners. Prisoners who, were yeah, most of the people that were manning the wall, the Great Wall of on, on the French on D-Day, were POWs, um, forced labor, and like uh, forced conscripts from ta- con- like taking over territory. Yeah. There were some Germans, obviously, but that's why they didn't fight that hard. <laughs> All right, there's uh, our history this tangent. <laughs> Watch David Private Ryan; it's a good movie. But, it is. Um, and then for la and then we got uh, the last two. We got Anthony Held as Doctor Willard <laughs> Wilbert Roadheaver, playing another sleazy psychiatrist because mm-hmm. he also plays a sleazy psychiatrist in uh, the Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, in this movie, he's basically the kind of he's a the go to psychiatrist for the prosecu- for the government because he's going to say whatever they want. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and and it's it's a great scene where they were like he fucking turns it on them. Mm-hmm. Um, this we should have told. I should have said something. Sandra Bullock's character is basically like uh, uh, an intern for Matthew McConaughey's character, but she's like really good at getting information. She's super smart, so she can she finds out all the information about these trials. She can dig up dirt, so she digs up dirt on the one, their psychiatrist that. In uh, a case in like the 80s, he ruled that this guy wasn't insane for mm-hmm. murdering for a bunch of murder for a murder or something. But then the jury said he was wrong and did declare him insane. And then that guy ended up being put in his mental hospital, the mental hospital that that guy at the time and is still currently the head doctor of. And he currently and he treated him for 10 years. And he reveals like, so did are you saying he's not insane? Would you treat a man that you thought was sane for 10 years? And he says, no, I would not. And you're just like, <laughs> got him. <laughs> and then you get M, uh, Emmett Walsh as Dr. Huh. Willard Tyrell Bass. And at first you're like, okay, they got the better one. He's much more charismatic. He's actually nice. He's, actually, he's an old oh. Southern gentleman. And he's think. like, he's clearly insane. <laughs> like he's also the uh, psychiatrist that you'll get for the defense that will say what you want to say. Yes, each side's gonna do that. Which is, you know, it's always kind of fucked up when they bring in experts because each side brings in their own experts, so they yeah, have so a it bias. Makes no sense. Yeah, it's biased completely. It's super biased, but then it's good because both their experts get blown out of the water. <laughs> yeah. His uh, the prosecution's is outed as a hardcore like just bootlicker. Yes. Um, and the and, other guy. And probably corrupt. And the other guy, it's revealed that he got prosecuted for statutory rape, but then it's revealed later that it was he was 22. It was a 17-year-old who was his girlfriend. He ended up marrying her and having children. Is that what they revealed? I don't remember that. Yeah, they revealed that because in uh, Matthew McConaughey's end speech in the beginning, he's like, Everything's painted by perspective. He's like, would it change your mind, my, my, like change your thoughts on that guy at all if you found out um, that he ended up marrying that woman and they have kids and they're still married today? Or is it still statutory rape? Is it still a crime? Does that disprove everything he said? Does that discredit, I mean, everything he said? Very true. 
Yeah. Because he was trying to set up a thing. Do we think with our hearts or, or with our heads or our hearts? And he's like, with a, in court, you think with your heart. Because your head will muddle things up with all your biases. Very true. And you have to think what's right. What is right? Obviously, you let, like, because you can see in that moment when most of the people go like, you know, the doctor's probably right. I don't, like, if he ended up marrying her and he was his girlfriend, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and he wasn't really just like raping her. <laughs> like if it was no. real rape and he like forced her to marry him, like no, that's different. But if it's like, oh, the dad found out, and he's like, no, I'm mad, and like prosecute but I, him. But I love him, <laughs> and they get married. Um, took a long time for that star-studded cast to get introduced, but it's huge. It's, it's also a great it's way to like ensemble. Yeah, it was a great way to like just basically tell you about the movie because each character has like a pretty. Like even small characters have like a role in it. Like obviously they have a role in it, but they have an impact on the movie. Most of the characters, yeah. Yeah, obviously there might be a handful. But you didn't wait. You didn't mention uh, Kiefer Sutherland, who plays the head of the this chapter of yeah, the dude. Ku Klux Klan, didn't you? Oh, you mentioned Donald Sutherland. Oh no, his I guess father. I, I don't know why he was. Uh, I don't know. I he wasn't in the. Cast for some reason, but yeah. So who was what was his name again? He um, was the brother of oh, uh, the one, one of the who guys resurrects the Ku Klux Klan. Yes, yeah. He's the suit. He gets. He ends up getting arrested in the end because he likes. He tried to snipe uh, Matthew McConaughey's character and hits a he hits a national, national guard. guard unit, paralyzes him for life. Sad. Yeah. Um, and he does a bunch of other shit. I mean, like they. He's just super racist. They they fucking um one scene, which is an intense scene, is they kidnap. Sandra Bullock's Ooh, character yeah. after like they uh, they follow her and they they find out like she's the one like getting all this great information for Matthew McConaughey's character who would otherwise probably be losing the trial. Yes. Um. So they like they 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 have a cop on their side, and mm-hmm. uh, who's uh, so they pull her over and then they for they kidnap her they grab her. Uh, they beat the living shit out of her horribly. They strip her. They tie her to a pole, and they're like, like basically in the middle of nowhere, where they're, she's gonna like just be eaten alive by bugs and animals. animals. Yeah. Um, as she loses strength, but luckily enough, our Mickey Mouse guy is like, no, no, no. Be like, <laughs> you see, in that like when they're like all turning, because you know, first you're like, oh god, please. When I first saw, I was like, please don't rape her, please. Please, there's been enough rape, but they don't because it's probably because it's a white girl. The, the reason they do it is because they're like you're even worse than a black person. A black person, they say the other thing, <laughs> but yes. I'm saying black person. Um, yeah, a black person doesn't know any better. They're just born a black person. But you, you're a race traitor, and that like it's crazy how they ultimately like, racist people really do hate race traitors more. Race traitors, fucking fact. Fucking assholes. <laughs> like, you're the race traitor for fucking being a purist, dumb fuck, fuck, cousin fucker. You're yeah. ruining the fucking, you're ruining the human race with your inbredness. Very true. Um, but yeah, so like our Mickey Mouse character comes and he he ties her down, like gets cuts her down and like takes her to the hospital and shit. And that and like then then that's when he probably turns completely on the KKK because that's when after that that's when they find out the cop is part of it, right? Like when the trial ends and the car spoiler Carly gets off. We'll I'll talk about a little more about that. But um, you have the cops confront Sutherland's character, um, like you're arrested for you're for the kidnapping and murder and all this shit, 
And then he and he looks over to the cop guy and he's like, hey, "I think you should be over there too." And like the black <laughs> the black sheriff grabs the cop and throws him over there. And then you got the big bald dude. Yep, <laughs> he's always there. Just, I'm angry. Yeah. And yeah, I thought he was gonna be a racist, but no, never said a word. Never said a word. Never turned against mute. Charles S. Dutton. No, no, he does not. Uh. The music, which I just, I like this music because I like the music in this movie just because it was just so intense sometimes. Like, some of it sounded really interesting. Like a lot of it, it kind of, it had like a southern, like, yeah, kind of. It was, it was acoustic feel. It set the tone of the movie well. It was done by Elliot Goldenthal. Goldenthal. Okay. Cinematography was done by Peter Menz Jr. And I thought the photography in this movie was amazing. It's, it's a well-shot movie. Yeah. It's a really well-shot movie. Uh, edited by William Steinkamp. I think it's a well-edited movie. The only reason I bring that up is because a lot of my movies are not the most well-edited movies. No. <laughs> some of yours aren't either. But mine, really. Like, cause some of my movies are like cheaper romance movies, and they're just like, we don't got the budget for editing. Yeah. Um, it's like Ed Wood, yeah. but with a couple takes. It's a... Uh it's well-paced for how long it is. Yes, I think it is. I think, and there's enough characters and there's enough always happening that you're kind of like. Yes. You're never just like sitting there like, okay, come on. Scenes don't really dra- drag too long. No, like things, yeah, it's, it's and when it, even when the scene's going on long, it's like an intense scene. So you're just like, you're like in the moment. Uh, the production company for this was Regency and Enterprises. It was distributed mm-hmm. by Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was released in July 24, 1996. So this was supposed to be a hit. They released it in a good time, summertime movie. It had a budget of $40 A movie like that would not be released in the summer today. Yeah, when do you think it would be released? Probably fall. Fall. Yeah. Oscar time. Uh, it had a $40 billion budget and a box office $152 million. Which you go like you go like good. nowadays you're like oh well that's nothing but you think this is the 90s and the Chinese market is not what the Chinese market is nowadays so they're the and this movie would not be released weren't in China. making movies to appeal to them yeah this like movie would not now. have ever been released in China so this movie did this well just in America this is an American movie yes there's no one in like Germany watching this fucking movie um there weren't many. And it felt a little weird doing like interesting facts. Like, did you know the coffee cup was actually green in this? Like, it just uh, that felt like weird. Uh, okay. But uh, so I just picked out two ones that are just like normal ones. Uh, Grissom, the fact we already said this one. This was Grissom's first book he ever wrote, and it was his fourth movie, uh, fourth book adaptation of his movie, one of his movies. It was the fourth movie adaptation of one of his books. But this one, I think the big one before this one was the firm. With Tom Cruise, mm, but I'm not so. sure. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then this one, this one Lee really liked. It was the film debut of Octavia Spencer. Ah, yes. She was the nurse in the end. No, was, she was in a scene bef- like in the beginning, and then you see her at the end too. She has no lines. Well, no, she's she's screaming, and then like she got he's off. Oh, right, yeah, he's off. barely. And Sandra Bullock's character's like, mm-hmm. and it's funny because then after that. Octavia Spencer would play nurses for uh, pretty much the rest of her career up until the point that she got nominated for her first Oscar. Yep, for being, yeah. Because she plays a goddamn good nurse. (laughs) She plays a goddamn good nurse. Um, But it was her film debut. 
I like uh, Octavia Spencer. She's a quality yeah, she's actress. a good actress. Um, now, and to get into quotes, because this podcast is going to be going long, because it's got some good, it's got a lot of good quotes. None funny. There's nothing really funny about this movie. There's a couple of things no. like face maybe or a moment, but not really. Um, this is the classic quote, and it's a quote you might have heard Lee saying a little bit earlier. Yes, they deserve to die, <laughs> and I hope to burn in hell. I mean, I heard um, that line before I watched the movie. Yeah, just it's the classic Chappelle show. Yeah, it's the classic line. Um, it's uh, the process. It's when Carl Lee, uh, Carl Lee, uh, Samuel Jackson's character is being on the stand finally, mm-hmm. and the prosecution's like uh, questioning him, and he starts goading in him, like. Like starts riling him up. Like, how did you feel about knowing that the girl, like, those guys, got off in the town before? And how did you feel knowing that they'd probably only get like maybe ten years and then get out after ten years? And, uh, blah, 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 and really like riling him up. And it's like, did you think they deserve to die? And like, and then he starts asking these questions. And even the judge is like, hey, 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 stop it! To the prosecution <laughs> and like uh, Matthew McConaughey's characters yelling like, don't get, answer that, Carly! Like, and then Carly's like, did they deserve to die? Like, yeah, did they deserve to die? Yes, they deserve to die. And I hope they burn in hell. It's a great scene. And the court just goes, rah! And then Sam his character's like, damn, he got me. Kevin Spacey's like, go touch an intern. Be a creeper. This is a little bit of a funnier, this was a little more lighthearted of a quote. It was when, right after his wife, Matthew McConaughey's character, had gone to her parents' town to be safe, um, he's just like, let's go get a beer. And the, his mentor's like, oh, like you're wearing the boots now. Like, so, no, and the mentor's like, when did she leave town? He's like, this morning. <laughs> like, like, classic whipped boy. Um we already said this quote. I got a little girl. Somebody rapes her. He's a dead dog. I'll blow him away just like Carl Lee. That's the cop, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. This this is uh, after the the guy gets sniped, the uh, shot in the throat, the yeah, National yeah. Guard unit guy. Yeah. yeah, I want you to stay. So you'd better you go. go. There's there's this like underlying yeah, like romantic tension, sexual tension between Sandra Bullock and Matthew McConaughey's character because like. Because of this trial, it's putting a lot of pressure on Matthew McConaughey's character, Matthew McConaughey's character and uh, his, his wife's family, relationship. Yeah. Um, so he's like, and she's gone, and he's feeling v- super vulnerable because obviously, and he's also kind of mad at his wife because she's not like being understanding at all right in that moment. No. Like she doesn't understand like what he's trying to do and like why he'd be willing to do this. And how sometimes there's some people have to do this, and like yeah, they have families, but it doesn't mean it shouldn't be done. Um, but that gets re- re- uh, resolved later because, like, shortly after the scene, uh, his wife does come home, mm-hmm. and like, and she she's like, "Let me talk," and she starts, and she finally admits, like, she's like, "I've been thinking about it this whole time, like, and you know what? You're right. You what you're doing is right. Like, you this has to be done." And she's like, "The thing that finally convinced me is when I started thinking, like, what would you have done if they had done that to our daughter?" And she goes, I know for a fact you would have gone out and got a gun and blown their fucking faces off. And she goes, I also know because you're white, you would have gone off with it. And that's why you're fighting this. Because it's not fair. 
Because everyone knows it. And maybe not in California. Maybe in some liberal states, he's still getting in trouble or something. New York probably not he'd still getting in trouble. But in Mississippi, a white guy would get off for shooting a black person. Not a black person, obviously, but also shooting a white guy if he had raped his daughter into oblivion. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, that's, yeah, that's the ultimate argument. Um, but it's a great scene because then you see Matthew McConaughey's character go like, oh my, like you see his love get resurrected, like all this tension leaves his body as like, oh my God, she finally understands me. And like they just hug and they're crying and it's a good scene. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, this is a good scene. This is uh, what, right before they get escorted to their first uh, trial, the two rapists. Uh, if I get any trouble out of you guys, I'm going to integrate this jail. And you see the two white guys alone in the one cell, and mm-hmm. there's all these black guys yeah. in one cell just staring at And they're at just them. looking at him like, please. We get one second with you. Please. Give we're them g- to us. We're going to rape you. <laughs> yeah. we're all Every one of us, and there's like 40 of us in here, we're, we're taking our turn. Even we're if running we're a train. We're not there even doing it because train. we're not even going to be not even turned on at all. This is pure hate fuck. <laughs> and then we're gonna kill you. <laughs> yes. If the rape doesn't, <laughs> like you think yeah. what you did to her was bad. <laughs> like we will, we'll show you. <laughs> we're gonna rip you apart. And they're just sitting there like, oh fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's um, pretty great. Because it's also a great scene because they don't respect the sheriff at all because they're two racist guys. Yeah, they keep calling him the N word. And- when they get arrested, they're like, I ain't going with you. You're just a dumb blurder blur like N word. Um. And then he just beats the shit out of him, like, and arrests him, and it's a good scene. He's like, you piece of shit, fuck you, I'm a cop, what are you gonna do? He smashed the beer bottle yeah, out of his real. face, it was good. Yeah, it was great. Um, you think, well, are these people gonna stop me? I'm gonna shoot them and get off, because I'm a cop, <laughs> you fucking idiot. Um, Teehee. I can't, this is a good quote, this is the quote, uh, the the thing that his, ment- uh, his mentor told Matthew McConaughey's character to get him to be this righteous man. I cannot promise you riches. What I can offer you, what I can offer you, the chance to save See the world, world one case at a time. It's a good. It's a good cause because obviously, yeah. it's not realistic, but it's a good goal. Yeah, it's and admirable. you'll do a lot of good. Throughout At least your for your community. Yeah. Um. There's another good one. I can't be you, Lucian. Don't be me, Jake. Be better than. Cause like he's like I lost like I should be in there I should be fighting yeah I can't do nothing now just an old drunk <laughs> um this all right so you get the great fucking uh let's talk about the end uh, speech so oh, yeah. Matthew McConaughey his characters they're gonna lose mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's revealed throughout a couple scenes that the jury is gonna vote convict him. One um, of them is a super and racist he's, Yeah, he's guy. super racist, and he's helped like push them towards that. Yeah. Uh, so Matthew McConaughey, like, so Matthew McConaughey character goes to Samuel Jackson the night before and is like, we're going to lose. We need to take a plea. Um, at least life in prison. At least you'll live. And he's like, no, I'm not going to be in life. And Samuel Jackson's character is like, no, fuck that. And he's just like, well, I don't know. And Matthew McConaughey is like, I don't know what to do then. What do you want me to do? There's nothing I can do. I'm out of legal lawyer jargon i don't know what to do i have no tricks up my sleeve anymore and he's like you know why i chose you because you're one of them and he just goes into this uh like speech of like how matthew mcconaughey character yes you might you don't call you don't say the n-word you don't you don't condone the treatment you don't like the kkk and all that stuff but you still live with the prejudices and the privileges of a white man 
And you still look exactly. at me like they look at me, a black man. Yeah, you don't you, look me at as like, like a as man. a person. Yeah, you don't see me as a man or a person. You see me as a black man, a black person. And that's why I chose you because you can think like them. And that's what makes you so good. And that and then that's what Matt, makes Matthew McConaughey go like go like what 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 he tells the jury like he's like I had to th- no he's like I had to go into today and think like what could I tell you guys th- that would convince me. And I want to tell you the story. And he makes them all close their eyes. And he goes into the basically the graphic detail and story of the rape of the of, of the black girl. But in the end, and it's a great scene. He's you can see him getting more and more choked up as he's going on, and he's describing what they did to her. The whole courtroom's just quiet as can be. People are crying. Samuel Jackson's character is just sitting there, and you can just see him like he's reliving it. The judge is sitting there stoically, like. Hmm. Kevin Spacey's characters like looking around like oh he's shit like, oh fuck <laughs> he's seeing like the t- it's turning on he's seeing like tears just running down the juror's face mm-hmm. with their eyes closed you even see the racist even guy. the racist guys like oh oh shit and like right before he's like finished Matthew McConaughey does this it's this great scene where he's like he really chokes up he's like and it's that where you're trying to talk but you're crying so yeah. you have to stop for a second and get mm-hmm. your emotions under control and he says um no sorry <laughs> now imagine she's white. The defense rests, and then boom, and then just the courtroom's just like, and then you just, yeah, you, it's kind of, it's funny in the context of like you basically see like the racist guy getting blasted with like, like the racism getting bla- like blasted out of him, like no, by logic, like no, and Kevin Spacey's like, I lost, <laughs> like, god damn it, and then like, and then it's all quiet, and then it cuts to uh, outside the courtroom, and the the two sides are waiting there, the racist KKK and the the black people, and the the the, the good people, the white people, the the the. the they're basically the Democrats. <laughs> yes. Of the South. The liberals. Uh, the liberals of the South. Blacks, whites, Mexicans, Asians. Um, the more diverse crowd. And all of a sudden, a little black boy runs out. He's free! He's free! <laughs> and it's just a great scene. They erupt into the cheers. And like that's when the KKK leaders get arrested. And all is well at the end. And like uh, it's an intense scene. Like... Uh, his daughter, it's the first time he's seen his daughter since being arrested. And, like, she runs up to him and he hugs her and he's just like, oh. And, like, and 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 then Matthew McConaughey character, like, he goes up to him in the end and, like, they shake hands and he's just like, and Samuel Jackson's character, like, I don't know what to say. And he's like, you know, he's like, you know what to say. Like, I'm one of them, aren't I? Like, kind of, like, mad, like, that he said that. A little bit. Uh, and he just leaves and Samuel Jackson's character's like, fuck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That was wrong of me. <laughs> he's oh, not one of them. <laughs> like that was too far. He's probably a little. Obviously, we all, as white people, as white men, especially us, benefit from our white privilege for sure. But definitely to to go into that like you're one of them. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, he, I'm. He not. really was. Yeah, yeah. He's not. And then um, it cuts to. Uh, uh, Samuel Jackson's character They're having a barbecue Obviously he's the, the, the whole community's there It's this great time mm-hmm. And here comes Pulls up uh, Matthew, Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey With his Ashley Judd wife And his little white daughter And uh, 
they come in and the wife of Samuel Jackson's character is a great hostess, obviously. So she immediately grabs the wife and is like, let me take you over here. And they brought peach cobbler and all that stuff. And they're probably like, we'll eat your white boy, your white people, peach cobbler. <laughs> Man, <laughs> and the, they like the daughter introduce the daughters. The yeah. They introduced the two daughters. And Matthew McConaughey's character is like, I thought our daughters could play. Because that was one thing Samuel Jackson's character said, like, our daughters will never play together. And Matthew McConaughey said, let me play. And then the movie ends with Samuel Jackson going, <laughs> all right. It just, that's the, the ending is, I wish they had an ending with that, like, the close-up of Samuel Jackson's face is going, <laughs> <laughs> just smiling, just like, just shaking his head. You what, boy. But it's a good ending and it's a great, great speech. Uh, I really hope you watch this movie, even though we've ruined it. But we told you, spoiler, you should watch all the movies we talk about before. Um, It is going to be different from actually. Yeah, watching it's different from us trying to ramble about it. Yeah. Um, and then the last quote, it's this. There's also a little bit of a difference between Sandra Bullock and Matthew McConaughey's character because yes, they're both liberals, they're both Democrats, but they're two different sides of Democrats. Yes. she's from Boston, which is basically the East Coast, San Francisco. So super, oh, they're super liberal. They have a bunch of colleges and everything. Well, I know Massachusetts in general is very liberal. Boston is very liberal, especially nowadays. Massachusetts, maybe not when the Irish Mafia ran it. And shit. No, no. No, but that shit's dead. Yeah. And so is the Italian mafia there. It's all dead. So most of the racism there is dead. Well, no, no. It's probably alive and strong. But yeah. it's still a super liberal town. It's it's really liberal, um, especially right. compared to Mississippi. Um, yeah. <laughs> so she's like super liberal. She's anti-death penalty. Uh, yes. But Samuel J- uh, Matthew, Matthew McConaughey's character is not that. He's a Democrat. He's a moderate Democrat. Yes. Uh, and this is the quote he says. I'm a liberal Roark. What I am not is a car-carrying ACLU radical. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, to be a liberal Democrat in fucking the South, I cannot be a liberal Democrat from California or it's Massachusetts. It's a completely different thing. Like, I have to support guns. I have to, I don't really like abortion. Like, it's like, it's different societies, and we have to work together. Yep. Fucking buttholes. Yeah. Yeah, buttholes. Um... I have some little extra notes. I wanted to talk about <laughs> what I would do. I wanted to say what I would do if that was my daughter. Oh God! I want to ask the question to both of us. What what would we would basically? I'm asking myself first, and then I'm asking you. Okay. Would you have done what Samuel Jackson did? And I'm immediately yes. You're immediately yes. Yes. You wouldn't wait for a trial and see if actual. <sighs> justice could be done okay 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 you're right you're right i'm gonna take in the context that i'm white and i have privilege and i don't have like i'm not in because the fact i'm taking the fact is he didn't his his jury of peers were a bunch of white old white men and white women yeah they refused to have any any people of color on the jury or young men or young young fathers yeah so um i would probably have a better chance of like seeing justice carried out but like i it would have to be death. The guy has to get death or life in prison without a chance of parole or something. He can, or, or if he does get parole, I'm going to be waiting. I'm going to have a contact on that shit. And as soon as he's paroled, he's dead. Okay. Uh, but if he gets like off or he gets like three years, he's dead in that three years. As soon as he's out, he's dead. I might not do exactly what he did and ambush them before he gets any justice. 
Yeah. I would but, probably wait. But also, I, it's also really hard to say because imagine how much you love your daughter. Do- like what it's going to be like and how many hormones are going to kick in just because we're animals when you have your daughter, your kid. And then imagine that little girl. You're like, oh, this is my little girl. And watch her grow up, a little baby. And then to know that these two men raped her, sodomized her, threw beer cans at her to that point where they tore through to the bone, lynched her, threw over a bridge, beat her. Yeah. And then they, they might get no jail time. My brain might break. Yeah. If we yeah, if I was living in a different area than I am now. But yeah, I would definitely wait and and let the only way I would think justice was served is if they were killed, like death penalty. Yeah. Or um, or while they were in jail, some guy took justice. That, in but his that's own hand. if the if your daughter was killed herself. That's no. how they would get death. That's the only way they would get the death penalty, though. Oh, okay. Well, then they have to get. Life you only in, really get. They the have death to get life in you prison. Murder somebody else. Okay. Well, they have to get life in prison. Mm-hmm. Or um, they have to be murdered while they're serving their time by someone just taking justice, which probably would happen since there would be pedophiles. Yes. Pedophiles don't last in prison. Yeah, like, because there's no way. Because if they got like 15 years and they're out in like 12, I, I would know. And as soon as, as they would show up to their apartment, their, wherever they're going to live, and I'd kill them after I shot their mom in the face. Oh, you'd go after the family I'd kill too. Their fa- no, because then I'd, I probably couldn't get off on it. Nope. Uh, I'd only kill them. So I wouldn't get in. So I would have a better chance of not getting in trouble. Um, yes. So Lee, <laughs> so this is yours. What's yours? Um, yeah, I probably wouldn't immediately gun them down, but if justice wasn't served and there's some stupid like loophole that they were able to get out, the from, cops didn't like do one thing right or mm-hmm. something. Then I'd be like, all right. I'm gonna Where's have to my local myself. gun store? <laughs> like, yeah, to good old auto. Find out where these guys live and uh, blow their heads off, and then burn their houses down. Yeah, I know. Somehow lock the doors or like bar the doors and then burn their burn the house down while they're in it. Yeah. Or just break in, shoot them, and then just burn their place down and shoot them in the knees and then em. burn the place down. So can't. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um. All right. Lee, did you okay? All questions right, everybody, for Lee. Questions for Lee. Questions. Questions for Lee. Questions. Um, Lee, did you expect me to like a movie like this? No, when but I when when I when when it was finished, I was like, yeah, I could see why you like this because it has a happy ending. Everything's kind of wrapped up. Yeah, I have really to. Nicely. Like, if he went to jail or something, I would have hated it. Yeah. But, yeah, when you first told me, like, you'd seen this movie and you really liked it, I was really surprised. Like, it is a real random movie. It does. See, it seems more like a movie I would have watched. Yeah, especially with Samuel Jackson. Point being, this was actually the first time. This is a debut of Samuel Jackson in one of my movies. Uh, we've seen him all. We've seen him. He's been on. Yeah, he's been in quite a few episodes. Jackie Brown, 
Pulp Fiction, Kong, Kong. Do the Right Thing. Do the Right Thing, yeah. And now this, A Time to Kill. And he'll be in more movies in the future. <laughs> he'll probably He's, end up being the MVP for our podcast. All right, Lee. What is your favorite aspect of this movie? Cinematography, music, act, particular scene. I'd say actor. for this one, uh, for this movie, it would definitely be the cast. The casting, yeah, the, it's really well. Such done. a huge just ensemble cast. Everyone's doing a really good job. Mm-hmm. There's no no one really gives a bad performance. In no this one's movie. just there for the paycheck. No, everyone's putting uh, putting their A game in. I like that. Yeah, I li- I really like that. It's really impressive when you see a cast of studs, stars, stars, yeah, stars really put studded. their effort, and then also have the writer behind it and the directing behind it. Like it, it seemed it, like everybody really cared about this movie. Yes, and I I wonder how, how much that it might have been of John Grissom being there and being like, hey, 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 maybe, but also it being a good story and it's also kind of an intense story. It is, so it's like you want to do justice to it. You don't want to be the character that like kind of flows it. And then he raped her. Like <laughs> I feel like nowadays this movie would get criticized because Joel Schumacher is a a white director, Kiva Goldsman, white writer, John Grisham, white author. Yeah, writing but, a story about racism. I mean, that shouldn't be a problem. That's because he's also going through the because yeah. I just I just don't think it should be a problem because he pulled it off well. He didn't put do any stereotypes. No, no, yeah. No, everyone felt pretty believable. Yeah, this felt like a real town. Like this felt like something that could happen, and probably did kind of happen. Probably. Um. All right, that's cool. I like that. What is your biggest complaint? There's a little more. I'm a little more interested to hear this. Well, I did think. I did feel the length a little bit. Um, where where did you feel it? I would say probably towards the middle. I felt like oh, we're just in the middle, and we feel like we've been watching this for like two hours. <laughs> yeah. Um. But then the ending starts kind of like going up. No, yeah, the ending, the last. Like the third act, I guess, would probably is definitely like one of the best parts of this movie. It helps speed it up. Probably like, the best part of the movie helps you like kind of like ignore the length. Yeah, because I mean that's the meat of the story, really. That's what uh, that's what the we've been building up to the trial this whole time. It's the most Eddie. important part. Mm. So th- that's not my only criticism, though. My only uh, my other criticism is that. I do think it does get wrapped up a little too neatly. I do think that that issue of, you know, if he's prosecuted, justice is served. If he's not, justice is served. I don't think that issue is brought up enough. I don't really think they have t- uh, many conversations well, prosecu- about it. Well, yeah, because they all agree the defense and they're kind of painting the narrative like he's right. He, what he did was right. The prosecution's wrong. And the prosecution's the only one that's arguing that, like, hey, vigilante justice is bad. Yes. But this story is but about, But they're also like, making those lawyers look kind of like the villains, and right. it's a little bit black and white, I would say. It doesn't really get into the meat of that, I would say. But... But I don't think that it really was hurt. the story. I don't think that's that was not either the, the yeah, point. The not... point was, the more the message or the, the point they were going for, can a black man get a fair trial in Yeah, that's the probably South? the and more no. that's the more important part. I mean, they kind of, yes, because he got off, but also no. 
because of how many hurdles he had to go through to, to try to get off. Exactly. Because uh, because the, the main thing is, if he had been white, would this have been even an argument? No, he would have gone off. Mm-hmm. The court, the ju- no jury would have convicted. No. The prosecution would have been like, fuck. <laughs> like, yep. He wouldn't have gone himself. He would have sent one of his beef fuckers. Yeah, exactly. It would not have been the thing that promoted him to governorship. But yeah, I, I, okay. It's a valid complaint, valid complaint, valid complaint, as is, as is tradition, as is tradition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think <clears throat> with that, I think we're going to start wrapping it up. And we're going to go for a while. What? We've been going for a while. Yeah, this one, I think this is one of my better, one of my podcasts for one of my movies recently. Um, and I think that's one due to the fact that we're, we we delayed it so we could give you a better, po- better podcast instead of trying to upload on Mondays. It's not going to happen. It doesn't work with our schedules right now. Um, no. But we hope you enjoy Fridays. We think it's still a good time. You can listen to it on the weekend. You can listen to it whenever you want to. Go back and listen to the old episodes if you haven't, by the way. Yes. Um, but before we uh, go into the little, before I go into our little like ending, I'm gonna ask Lee, what are we watching next week? All right, so uh, I'm going with uh, a little bit more of a, a recent film. Uh, like I said, I don't know if I actually said it on the podcast, but I told Sterling that after Singing in the Rain, I would pick a movie that was a little darker. Um. Disgusting. So, the movie that I have chosen for us to watch next week is the 2019 South Korean... Fuck you. <laughs> it's the 2019 South Korean thriller, Parasite. Shut. Okay. Well, you're gonna... Oh, you're God, everybody. I have to have nightmares for weeks. I'm gonna punch Lee every time I have a nightmare for it. All right. Um, but that's what we're watching. All right. We'll watch that. It'll be terrible. We'll see about it. Um, but also, right quick, I forgot. Got to rate this movie um, and if we would recommend it. I obviously, 10 out of 10. I love this movie. Recommend the shit out of it. Okay. Watch it. It's a great movie. Watch it. Lee. Uh, it's a solid rate? movie. I thought it was It's probably the best movie that Sterling's shown me. Nice. I would say. Uh, seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. I'll get there one day. I'll get to the eight, the coveted eight. Um. All right. Wait, didn't I give? No, I didn't give step up. No, I give step up at seven. Also, it's the highest I've gotten. Um. But yeah. All right. I'll take it. We'll get parasite of one, but <laughs> we'll find out next week. Uh, and as always, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you enjoyed the movie if you choose to watch it, which we recommend. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at It's Not the Worst Movie Ever Pod. We post uh, weekly content, uh, highlights, character deep dives. Uh, we post shit in the story, movie, movie trivia, all that good shit. Um, uh, biggest thing, please like, share. Review the podcast. It really helps us out. It's it's the uh, easiest and the best way to help promote us to the front page of all these podcast sites and get more people listening. And, you know, more people listening, the more this podcast is worth it. Um, because, I mean, eventually... Makes it worth it. Yeah, it makes it worth it. Because eventually, you know, time is time. <laughs> but... Yeah. 
for now, we will continue seeing you, and we'll keep continuing talking to you, and we hope you have a great week. Bye-bye. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Ah. <laughs>